You have been listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church. We invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For more information, visit day3church.com. I'm the associate pastor here, and I'm normally upstairs with the kiddos. Uh, love being up there with the kiddos and ministering to them and uh, helping them take steps toward Jesus. And so if you have a kiddo upstairs, I want to thank you uh, for bringing them every Sunday. And it's our honor and our privilege to serve them and to serve you as you're here worshiping in Big People Church. That's what we call it upstairs. Big People Church is downstairs. Little People Church is upstairs. And so we're thankful. I'm so thankful that you, you bring your, your son or your daughter every week to day three. I want you to rewind with me, if you will, for a second, back to uh, some months ago, uh, back in February, March or so, uh, God, I believe, in his providence, uh, put something across my desk, uh, which uh, became, I, I was convinced, became convinced after much prayer that uh, this was something that our church should go through, and I'm speaking, of course, of the Not A Fan series uh, and small group study. And so, uh, again, after much prayer and, uh, and seeking the Lord's will for our church, this is something I felt like God wanted us to do as a, as a church body and for us to be uh, focused on that for a semester of our small group ministry beginning this fall and uh, for, you know, for a six-week period of time. And then the, the unique thing about this whole series, uh, Not a Fan series, is that this is the first time ever in the history of our church, which our church is now nine years old, is that we've ever... Uh, our, our small group series, our small group semesters have went along with what is being preached on Sundays. And so it's been a really unique experience and I, one I think that uh, you may see more of, you may see it happen more down the road is where they, they match up and go together. I think I've, we've heard, Pastor and I have heard a lot of great comments about that. And uh, so we, that is something you'll probably see more of down the road. So we started the Not A Fan series back, you know, 1st of September. This book, the book, the Not A Fan book, was actually not released until May 31st. I pre-ordered it on Amazon and got it, you know, actually, when you order something on Amazon, you get it two, three days prior to the official release date. Uh, And so I pre-ordered it and got it, and uh, within three days, I read the the entire thing and uh, could not put it down. And uh, if you read the book, that may be be true of you as well. And it's something, it's just a fascinating read. And it's, it's a read that God just really used to penetrate my heart and my life. And I was convinced, you know, just more convinced, more convinced after reading the book that this was something that our church would be doing and that our church should do, uh, you know, for the adults and for the youth. And so I'm so thankful uh, that we were able to do that. As we get going this morning, uh, it is a time of celebration. And uh, if you uh, did not participate in uh, a small group, uh, that's okay. You're not going to be. You're going to feel left out today. Uh, if uh, if you've been uh, here for the most part for the last seven weeks, uh, you'll be able to step right in and with uh, what we'll be sharing this morning as well. So we'll uh, watch a video clip real quick. And uh, this is a, a clip of you're not going to see actually see the person, but you're going to see a lot of this person's followers. Okay, and then I'll I'll ask you at the end of the clip. Anybody want to take a shot? God help you if you already knew that just like that. <laughs> I would submit to you that there are, Oprah probably has more fans, not followers, fans than Jesus does in this country. And that is a sad commentary on our country. Very sad. Now, why would you say, Daryl, that they're fans and not followers? Well, I would say fans because they know about Oprah. And if you read the book, Not a Fan, you know the difference between a fan and a follower. A fan knows about. They are a distant admirer. And that's what these people in this audience are. They are distant admirers. They just know about her. They don't know her. They don't know her like people that, that, are, that are really close around her know her, like her husband knows her, like her mom knew her, or, or, or anyone else that her, is in her close-knit group know her. These are just fans. It is my belief that there are many churches, many churches in this country that are filled with fans. And that was the goal of this study. That if Day 3 Church was made up of fans, 
that we'd become followers. That was, the, that was the purpose. It wasn't to make you question your salvation. It wasn't that at all. It was meant for you to do some inventory in your life and see, is Jesus Lord in this area? Is he my one and only? Or is Jesus one of many? I'm so thankful for the pastor. I'm so thankful for Shane and Dana Snyder. I'm so thankful for Ken Knight and Macy leading our students on Sunday nights. I'm so thankful uh, for Elaine and Dan Talbert leading a small group on Sunday nights. I'm so thankful for Elaine and Angie Crump leading a small group on Sunday nights. I led a group on Tuesday nights. I'm so thankful for these people who sacrificed time, preparation, uh, to prepare every week to lead a small group. If you were a part of that, I want to thank you for that. We have some folks that we have scheduled to share uh, from those small groups. And uh, once they are, they are finished, uh, we're going to give you an opportunity. If you participated in the, uh, the small group experience for you to share uh, how God blessed you during that time, maybe some things maybe that God taught you through the experience, uh, some, maybe some things that God showed you about your life that, that maybe you need to take, take charge of and maybe change uh, and, and make some corrections. So I want to let Olivia start. So she's going to come. Olivia was part of Elaine's group that met on Sunday nights. Good morning. Um, I started um, coming to day three about a year and a half ago. And the moment that I walked through these doors, I felt like I was at home. And then in February... I signed up just randomly for a home team. I just knew what the subject was. I did not know a single person in that home team. And when I first went there, I realized that it's not only my home, but it's my family because we have became a family through our home team. And I thank Elaine for all the hard work that she puts in every Sunday night for, for what we do and so if I can ask you to do anything, it's pray that God will lead you to a home team where you can become a family here. Um, you will receive so many blessings through meeting with people each week, and you will really feel like you have a support system that I've honestly not felt anywhere else that, that I've ever been. Um, so through that, we got not a fan. And six weeks ago, if you would have asked me, if I was a follower of Christ, I would have said, absolutely. I go to church, I read my Bible, I try to profess Christ when I can. And then I read chapter 1 and defined the relationship. And I realized I'm a fan. And that was humbling because I realized how all these years, I thought I had been following Christ because I had been doing the things I was supposed to do, and I realized that I hadn't stopped to build a relationship with God. And so this book has brought that out, um, and this study has brought that out. There are a few things that um, I wanted to share with you that really hit home to me. Um, in the first part of the study, we looked at Luke 14 chapter 26 that talks about if you want to be my disciple you must hate everyone else by comparison your father your mother your wife your children your brothers and your sisters and at first if you think about it that hits home but what Jesus wants us to know here is that throughout life we say okay God's first our family's second our children you know our, our spouses we put all these things in a priority, and what God wants us to say is he's the only one. There is no first place. There's no second place. He is the only one because there may come a time when we have to deny all of the people that are around us that we feel like are our one and onlys, and God will be all that's left. And that has not hit more home to me than this week. I thought about it after the first service. Um, my family is close to the Moody family, and I'm sure people in here know um, about the Moody family. Um, Audrey Moody lost her husband and her son this week, and that's her family. 
all she has is God this week. All she has is God from here on out to to help her and to support her. And so that hit home with me more than anything this week is that we have to rely on God for everything. As we went through the second part of the study, we came to the main verse for this whole study, which was Luke 9.23. And it says, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And again, when I first read that, I thought, well, of course I follow him. Until we got to the scripture in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 31, where Paul says, to deny yourself, you have to die daily. And then I realized, I don't die daily. I don't every morning get up and die to myself and the things that I want and the things that I think I need and ask God to take over. And so that's what I've been trying to do after reading through this and doing the journals. And the journals were amazing. The questions that they ask, it forces you to to look inside yourself. And you have to really just decide each day that you're going to die to yourself. You're not going to do what you want to do. You're not going to do what you think you need to do. You're going to ask God to give you what he wants you to have. And that's what being a follower truly is, is dying to yourself and following him. So... I will ask you to pray for me as I try to be more of a follower. I will tell you that every day it's a decision. You have to decide. And so there are days that I might be just a really great fan. And so I just pray that you'll on those days lift me up so that I can follow Christ and that we all can. And um, one more plug for the home teams. Please join one because you'll get a great blessing from them. My friend, Mr. Kevin, is going to come. He was a part of Shane and Dana's small group that met on Monday nights. Monday nights. Good morning. My name's Kevin Steer. A little nervous. Uh, last time I was up here, I had a kilt on. It was a little bit windy, and I was getting married, so I feel a little bit better. Um, <laughs> this, this small group has really meant, meant the world to me. Um, and this church means a lot to me. Two years ago, I came here going through one of the worst circumstances I'd ever been in my life. Uh, the church just didn't judge me, didn't look down on me, lifted me up, really gave me a shot in the arm of motivation. And, and I've, I've loved this church, and I love the leaders here. And I want to say special thanks to the pastors that have done so much for me um, here. I think I agree with Olivia. If you'd asked me two months ago, you know, am I a follower? Sure, you know, checklist, pay my tithes, show up church every weekend, um, you know, I, I would have said yes, and what really, really hit me was, was reading through the first couple chapters, and I thought, you know, this guy's a little bit off his rocker, he's, he's, what's he talking about here, and it hit home to me as, as now, as I'm a, a new husband, and a stepdad, or as my little daughter calls me, a, a fake dad, and she gets a little bit confused, I, I, I don't want those, I don't want those little girls to look at me and think, What's he doing? Is he instilling Jesus in our life? I, I want to let them know, yes, I'm a Christian, and to teach those girls how to do that. Uh, the intimacy of the small groups was just amazing. People could just come up and share some of their deepest, darkest things. Nobody was judged. Nobody was criticized. It was a real shot in the arm after getting beat up at work all week. You could just go in and really get close to those people, and, and we, we did get really close. Um, but it, it's taught me a lot. I'll, I'll be the first to admit Excuse me. I was not reading in my Bible enough. I was not sharing the Word enough. I always seemed to put myself first. Other things I thought were important: sports, hobbies, you know, work, etc. At the end of the day, that's not going to matter. I, I never ever want to hear from Jesus, "Go away from me. I, I never knew you." I never want to hear that. So it, it is just—it's given me a real shot in the arm. It's really changed my life, and I, I really want on my last day on earth. I want to—I mean, want people to say. Kevin was a follower. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, last is uh, Brent, last that we know of. Brent is going to share. Brent was in my small group. Uh, we met on Tuesday nights. Hello. <laughs> it works. <coughs> my name is Brent, and I am now a follower of Jesus. Uh, 
don't praise me, praise him. I did it for the glory of his name. And, and with that um, said, you know, I've been through a lot of stuff um, since we started doing this. And like third week, you know, uh, with the men's group, we help uh, people in the community. And I was talking with Matt <coughs> about some of the stuff that we we're doing. We were talking, you know, it's like everything that we need to do, we need to do it for the glory of Jesus. And, <coughs> and then uh, this past week, um, one of our friends died, and we went to the receiving, and there were so many people there that they had to sit in the chapel to wait in line or whatever. So we had a lot of time to sit there, and, and I was the only thing I could think about the whole time I was sitting there was that how are people going to remember me whenever I die? I mean, are they going to remember all the things I did? Or are they going to remember me for all the love, the passion, and the actions I did to glorify his name? And that is something very powerful to think about. I haven't stopped thinking about it. And, you know, that's something that can really change your testimony, um, the way you live your life, everything. And, you know, I already had a testimony. I had a huge testimony of it. I've been I've not been like the greatest person in the world. But you know, he saved me from that. Now my testimony, I may I'm gonna make it, you know, that my circumstances, they're not gonna um dictate or make make my character or dictate who I am. I'm gonna let Jesus take control of that. <laughs> and and I'm definitely going to make Lord, I'm going to make Jesus my Lord and not just a fixture or something, a savior that I can carry around in my back pocket. Okay, so now uh, is your opportunity. Uh, if you... Uh, would like to share uh, something uh, that uh, God taught you or showed you during this time, during the small group time, or, you know, not necessarily through the small group time. If you were here uh, every week, uh, you know, as the pastor shared every Sunday uh, in the worship experiences uh, down here, uh, you can share. We'd love for you to share right now. Is anyone here would like to do that? Uh, extremely nervous up here. So let me tell y'all first off. I'm probably going to stray a little bit away from the uh, Not a Fan series. How this all started out with me even coming here. I've been living a wrong way for a long time. And uh, I knew I needed to straighten up, just didn't know how. And didn't know if I even had it in me to do it. And, uh, you know, same old everything else, just thought my friends knew best and everything else. I was going out uh, doing a lot of stuff I shouldn't have. A couple of times where I about lost my life and God saved me, and I never really knew why because there was times where, I mean, just extremely bad stuff would happen, and I could not understand why, but I would always be okay after it and never got hurt. The other day, uh, I work at the... Uh, at Blue Ridge Panels down here on the north, we had a uh, a cyclone explode the other day. Most uh, horrific thing we've ever felt. Well, we've actually had about six or seven of them up in four years I've been there. But uh, it's something that could happen and just level our whole plant. And uh, once again, everybody in the plant was okay. No one got hurt. Uh, everybody was just fine. But through all of it, I'm sitting here looking at it like, you know, why does stuff like this keep happening? And it's a uh, it's nothing but God saving everybody. That's all it is. And uh, I'm glad that I'm here today to tell y'all that. And when we first started coming here, I started coming here probably, wow, six or seven months ago uh, with my wife making me come here. Uh, it was not my decision at all. 
it is actually a lot funner now that I want to be here myself. Uh, um, absolutely love this church. I mean, my, my children love it, and thank you so much. But uh, me coming for me is uh, it's, it's what you have to do. Uh, I am definitely a, a fan. I'm striving toward becoming a follower. No, not afraid to admit that in one single bit. Uh, but I just want to thank everybody here. Uh, when we walk through the door, we see nothing but smiles, handshakes, hugs, and uh, I absolutely love it. This is the only church, w- church we've ever been to where we feel fully accepted when we walk in. And uh, um, thank you. Thank you all so much. Anything I can ever do for anybody in here, please let me know. Anything. Uh, oh, yeah, everything. And I, for 100%, forever. I mean, I absolutely love this church. And uh, thank you, everybody. <laughs> my friend, Rex. That's right. That's good. I wore red this morning to... Uh, Represent the blood of Jesus. Where'd you go, Brent? Where'd Brent go? Hadn't been a good person either, Brent. Hmm. All right. First John 1 7 says, If we walk in the light as Jesus is in the light, guess what? We have fellowship with one another. You know what the blood of Jesus does? The word of God says it cleanses us from all sin. I like that word all. You guys like that word all? All sin, Brent. Hadn't been a good person either. Um, I'm going to read some scripture. I'm going to ask you. Cry, cry. I've been, been told, Daddy, don't cry because you embarrassed me today. Hey, these tears are making a better family. Praise God. <laughs> these tears are making a better family. Romans 4. Romans 4, uh, verses 7 and 8. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. That's for us guys that are not good people. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never. You hear that word never? Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will never count against him. You know what that word blessed means in the Greek? Happy. Happy. Before this series, and I was in pastor's group, and they let me kind of hang my dirty laundry out on the clothesline. I kind of got free. It's good to be in a church like that, isn't it? We don't have to come in here and play games. I used to go to church and put on the church face, and Let's don't do that here. Just come in and be transparent. Let God heal you. But I got in, I got in this study, and uh, I was a forgiven man, but I wasn't a free man. Uh, can you guys hear me? Things out there. I was a forgiven man, but I wasn't a free man. I was a man that had been saved by grace through my faith in Jesus and his resurrection, but I was a man who was shackled with sin and shame and guilt. Um, 30 years of addiction and alcohol abuse. Damaged relationships. Wake up with shame and sorrow and regret. And I walked around like that. Forgiven, but not free. I'd repented. Repented, but not free. We got in this study, and I, I was like, whoever said the first two chapters kind of messed them up, I was ready to give it up. You know what my 13-year-old son told me? He said, Daddy, that's Satan messing with you. He don't want you to read that book. It took a 13-year-old to tell me that. So I kept reading the book. We got to a place in there where Kyle had an illustration of his little daughter. And she had spilt some fingernail polish on the white cushion of the new love seat they had bought. You know what she done with that cushion? How many of you guys know what she did with it was in the study? What'd she do? Somebody tell me. She flipped it. For 30 years, I've been flipping my cushion. Flipping it back. Coming to church, hoping nobody knows. Coming to church and bringing the family. How are you? I'm fine. I go to the first church of fine. Everything's fine. We do that, don't we? If we come to the first church of fine, everybody's fine. No, we're not. No, we're not. But anyway, Kyle gave that illustration about the little girl flipping the cushion. And eventually the parents found the stain on the cushion and flipped it back over and the little girl ran and hid because she thought her stain was so bad that she couldn't be loved or forgiven. 
She ran and hid in a closet. For 30 years, I've been hiding and flipping my tissue. That sucker over about three weeks ago. And I don't care who knows it. There's no one. I've got a father in heaven that forgave me. The blood of his son cleanses how many sins? All. All. All sin. I'm free now. About three weeks ago in my bedroom at home, it just all got real to me. And the Holy Spirit said, Rex, that's what you've been doing. I thought I was lost. I got so twisted up in the first three chapters. I had to go talk to Lynn. I said, man, I don't even think I'm saved. I don't even know what's going on with me. But the problem was I had my cushion flipped over, you see, hiding it. So I got free. Praise God, I'm free. I don't care what you guys know about me this morning because my fathers forgave me. I'm clean, praise God. I'm clean. Hallelujah, I'm clean. I don't care. I'm going to tell you what happened to me. That same week, that I had that experience and got free in the Lord. I met a man at the walking park in Lenore. I like to go up there and try to work out a little bit. And it was a beautiful day. I thought, man, I told him, I said, man, this makes me hungry for heaven. It's so pretty today. He said, you know what? He said, I promised Jesus a long time ago. And he started telling me how good of a person he was. Tell me all the things he hadn't ever done. Tell me all the good things he had done. I felt about that big. The more he bragged on himself, the smaller I felt. You ever been like that before? Some people like to tell you how great they are, how wonderful they are, how clean they are, how they haven't done this sin, they haven't done that sin, and they do this, they do that, and he went on and on and on. You know what I done? I flipped my cushion up there at the walking park, Daryl. And I looked at him, and I said, you know what, Eric? I said, I wish I could say that. I wish I could say I hadn't done this, and I have done that, and I'm a wonderful fellow. But I looked at him, and I said, you know what? I said, the blood of Jesus Christ has cleansed me of all my sin." I said, those things that you just named, I've done most of them. I'm not proud of it. But I looked at him. I said, I'm free. I'm forgiven. And he looked at me like I was a lunatic. I don't think he got it. He might be a fan and a follower. But you know why I'm not nervous this morning? I'm home. When you're at home, you don't have to be nervous. And when you're at home, you don't have to hide stuff. Praise God. I'm thankful this morning for Jesus. I'm thankful for what he's done in my life. I'm thankful that he set me free. And I'm thankful for, as much as I hated that small group in the start, I'm glad I had a 13-year-old son that said, that's just Satan, Daddy, trying to hold you back. Thank you, Adam. He's back there somewhere. That's good advice from a 13-year-old kid. I want you guys to know how much I love you. I love this church. I can't call everybody by name, but boy, you guys have been a blessing to me. You've built me up. You've had words of encouragement, and uh, I just appreciate you and love you. I want you to continue to pray for me and my family. Anyone else? I'm a crier. Sorry. Um, my name's Jennifer. I've been going here for a couple of years, and um, I actually started coming to church there shortly after my dad died. And listening to the series this month has really hit home because my dad was a follower. He wasn't a fan. He was diagnosed with a very aggressive form of cancer about four years, four, four and a half years ago. After he was diagnosed, he went downhill fast. Six months afterwards, he was bedridden. And he never complained. And he was going to church. And uh, people would come in. He was in VA hospital. He was in medical center. He was at Duke. They were doing everything they could. And people from his church would come in and they would say, you know, we're here, to, let's read today, Ed, and we're going to pray for you. You know, God can heal you. And me being, I'd went to a nursing school and having the medical background that I had, I was like, what are they doing? Why are they giving him such false hope? My dad's dying. He needs to prepare. He was already prepared. 
And I understood that later. I was so proud. Nurses would come in and they'd say, Mr. Ed, how are you doing today? And my dad couldn't move. It hurt to lift an arm. It hurt to hug him, but he'd still hug you and he'd say, well, I'm just fine. And I didn't understand that. And I'm like, he's not fine. And he'd say, you know, how are you today? Is there anything I can pray for you for? And I was like, man, somebody prepared him. And I didn't understand until later. And my dad told me, he says, Jen, he says, I know you're upset and I know you're scared. He says, but I can't ask God, why me? I can only say, why not me? And just hope and pray that I'll touch somebody. And I look back now and I see all the hospitals he was in and everyone he talked to. And I just praise God because his life touched so many people. And I just thank God that he showed me what it means to be a follower and not a fan. Anyone else? Okay, my voice is probably going to shake because I'm really nervous. <laughs> and my mom and my brother are going to be really, really surprised to hear me say what I'm getting ready to say. My entire life, I believe that I've been a follower of God. And I'm 30 years old, so I'm young. And I believed it since a young age. I stopped going to church in my mid-teens because I felt like the people that surrounded me wasn't real, wasn't followers of God. I felt like that they were fans and doing what they were supposed to in this area, you know, because it made them look good. And I felt like my relationship with God was between me and him, and I didn't care what anybody else felt or thought. I first attended here about a few years ago, and I loved it. I loved the people of the church. I loved the atmosphere. I worked a lot of Sundays. I was a single mom. You know, I believed in God. What makes me a fan of God is my pride. Every day, I woke up believing and living on this cushion of life that God wouldn't give me more than I could handle. And so, I thought God had a lot of faith in me because I went through a lot when really it was me that should have had faith in God and handed him my problems and let him handle that. I'm still dealing with that. Every day I feel like I should get up and conquer the world when really he should be conquering my world. So pray for me and my family to deal with my pride because it's, it's something I deal with every day. <laughs> Amen. That's good preaching there. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else? Someone else. <clears throat> well, I wasn't planning on talking by any means, um, but here, um, I guess right before Not a Fan series started, Macy and I uh, took over teaching the youth, and what a uh, what a swift kick in the rear end. Um, it's it's really. Um, it's hit hard for, for Macy and I because we sat at night really talking about, you know, in order to be a leader, you have to have followers. And are we really fit to be leaders of youth? Um, and to read this, I it's definitely challenged my, my own faith and uh, really kind of set the tone as to how I'd like to see our youth group, um, your kids, 
grow up not not necessarily being fans, and uh, I want them to be followers, and, and I'm really thankful <coughs> that that Daryl and Lynn um, picked this uh, this devotion. I'm glad that Lynn harassed me. Think you're right. I'm glad you asked me because in the last couple of weeks I've just really fell in love with these kids. Man, I want the best for them. I know that God is the best. And Rex, you're not the uh, the only one who's got stains on their cushions. A little girl spilt red paint all over ours <laughs> this past week. I was like, okay, I really do relate to this uh, this lesson. Um, and I know I've talked in the past about how great of a church this is, because I have been a member of a church that's the first whatever of fine and. Um, and I was like, man, our church really has a lot in common with this not a fan series because at the end of every lesson, every chapter, it talks about someone who's declaring that they are a follower. And as I read through that, I was like, I can go to that church. I just, uh, I just want to thank you guys for praying um, for Macy and I as, as we... Um, lead these youth because I want them to be followers for Christ. I don't want any of the glory. I just want it all to be on him. And I just I just ask you to continue to, to bless um, to bless Jesus and bless your children. I just you guys are their first first person they see when they wake up. And I just ask you to encourage them to be followers too. If you will, take out your uh, updates, and we're going to look at these questions real quickly. The first question there you'll see on, on the sheet is, it uh, should say, is your devotional life, is your devotional life more consistent than before uh, the Not A Fan series, um, your devotional time? Uh, yeah. The only way you're going to get to know God is to read his word. That's it. Uh, yes, God speaks uh, into our lives through other individuals. God speaks into our lives through circumstances, through events in our lives, uh, situations that we go through. God speaks into our lives through all of those things. But God's main form of communication in this day and time is his word. Is his word. That is where you find God's uh, will for your life, God's instruction for your life, uh, and, 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 if, and I will not make no apologies for what I'm getting ready to say. If you're not in his word daily, every day, every day, time in the word, you need to restructure your schedule, man. You need to reschedule your time so that you will allow time for God. Please tell me, who deserves more of your time? This hobby? This interest? This job? A relationship? Who deserves more of your time than God? No one, nothing or no one desire, uh, is in need of more of your time than your relationship with God. And that comes again through time in his word. Second question, what kind of legacy will you leave behind? When you take your last breath and people hear of your, the news of your passing, what's going to come to their mind? Great worker, great dad, great mom, great husband, great wife, great friend, great brother, great sister. I would say that uh, 
it would be best known when you take your last breath is that you love God and you love people in that order. That's it. That's it. That's the legacy that we should leave behind. Third question, what would people say at your funeral if you were to die today? Brent spoke of that. What would people say? What would you like for them to say? What do you hope is said? I heard a, I heard a pastor say one time that we should so live our lives every day so that when you do die, when you, when you, when you die, the minister who is officiating your funeral doesn't have to stand there and lie about you. You know, to puff you up, make you look better than you actually were. So, you know, we, we need to live such lives that, of course, honor God and are, are authentic, that are real, not fake, that are real. And that means something. We're going to watch a real short clip from this past week's small group session. Uh, those of you who were, were part of a small group, you will remember seeing this, this part. Uh, let me set it up real quickly. Is uh, at the funeral of Eric, the main character in the in the story, and uh, his family uh, is walking into the funeral, and uh, and Kyle, uh, the author, uh, Adam, he's 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 talking, and I want you to listen closely to what he says about love. Is not impressed because his name is on your bumper sticker, or because you have. Christian music on your iPod, or because you never miss a weekend at church, or you give to all the right causes. And those things are all good, but they're only good to the extent that they are done out of love for Him. Jesus says that He wants us to love Him with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. And then He says, love your neighbor as yourself. It is love that reveals us to be real followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And he wants you to love your neighbors enough to lay down your life. He wants you to love him enough to take up your cross. So, for you, which is it? What road have you chosen? fan or follower it all comes down to love what path are you going down because you do know the path that you're going down is going to determine your destination. You know, again, I've, I've used this illustration many times. If I want to end up over there, I've got to point my feet that direction. On purpose. Not by accident, but on purpose. And so if, if you and I desire to be followers of God, we've got to take steps to be followers of God so that we are no longer a fan, but a follower. One of the big things that I that really struck me from the from the series and the entire readings is that I do not remember the chapter but how jealous God is over me God's jealous over you God in no way shape or form wants to share you at all he's either your one and only He's your one of many. And the fan, what a fan does is that they will compartmentalize their life. And they will take Jesus with them to this area, but they'll leave him out of that area. Or they will take Jesus to church, which it's awful easy to be a follower here. I mean, on Sunday mornings, it's a piece of cake to be a follower here. When you go out the doors is when it's so much harder to be a follower. What I'm getting ready to say is I'm, uh, I'm not shooting at you. I'm not putting you down in no way, shape, or form. 
when we was going through the study, and I knew this, I just had to be reminded. <laughs> That's what happens when you get old. I told Noah last night at the trunk or treat, it ain't fun getting old, Noah. You start forgetting stuff. But if you wear a cross around your neck, or you wear a piece of jewelry that is in the form of a cross, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, it's, it's not a fashion statement. The cross is a symbol of death. It's a symbol of humiliation. It's a symbol of shame. It's not something proud to be wearing. Because, see, the cross equals death. The empty tomb equals life. And, well, you may say, well, I wear the cross to remind me what Jesus did for me. That's, that's cool. That's cool. But are you living in such a way that people don't have to see a piece of jewelry? They don't need to see that, that you're a Christian, but they see it in your life. They hear it in your words. They see it in your lifestyle that you are, in fact, a follower and not a fan. Olivia read the main ver the, the verse that is the crux of the entire book, Luke 9, 23. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself. Take up his cross. Somebody help me. Daily. And follow me. In the book, Kyle says it's that daily part that's so hard. That's what's so hard. It's every day. Don't get no time out. Don't get a break. It's every day. Every area of our life. 24-7. Being a follower. Not leaving Jesus at home. Not leaving Jesus at church. But every day. Everywhere. Wherever. Whenever. Whatever. It's Him. It's all about Him. So I want to ask a couple of questions. We close. Are you a fan? Or are you a follower? It really does boil down to that. That is the question. And the second question is this. How many lives would be changed if you were a follower? How many lives? This segment of the video goes on. And person after person after person steps forward during Eric's funeral and shares how he blessed their lives, what he did in their lives to minister to them, how he met their needs. And the bottom line, just like Kyle says in the closing part of the clip, it all boils down to love. That's what it boils down to. It boils down to love. And so how many lives would be changed if you became a follower? Men, uh, you know, if you were to be the dad cross follower, if you were to be the husband cross follower you can change your family tree dads men, grandparents moms if you would be the cross follower that God calls you to be and God desires you to be, think of the impact you have on your kids, your grandkids your great grandkids just because you make the decision to be a follower because our decisions, folks, as adults, carry weight, make a difference in the lives. I want to close with this. You didn't see it in the clip, but in last week's session, Natalie and Eric have a conversation at the center where he works. And he questioned her, why do you do what you do? Why are you here? And I was completely blown away by her answer. I don't want people to see that I'm a fake. So God spoke to me, and I'm asking you, do people see you as a fake? Do they see me as a fake when I'm not in here, when I'm out there? Am I a representation of the love of God? 
Am I a representation of someone who God has made a difference in their life? Can people see that? Or am I pointing people away from God, away from Jesus in my, by my life, by my lifestyle, by my actions, by my words, by my attitude? All those things. Again, taking up your cross daily and following him. All areas of our lives. All areas of our lives. Jill is going to come and lead us in a song. That was the closing song of the series. Uh, if you grew up in church, uh, you know this song very well. And uh, so I want to encourage you to sing. And as she leads, I would, you know, if you're, if you're here today and you have some questions about what it means to be a follower of Christ, myself and Pastor Lynn will be here. We'd be more than happy to talk with you. Um, if, there's, if there's some changes that you, need to, you know you need to make so that you go from the category of fan to the category of follower, I would love to talk with you about that. I would encourage you to be courageous and face and confront the question, am I a fan or am I a follower? If you're here today and you don't have a copy of this book, you let me know. I'll hook you up and get you a copy of the book. But again, are you a fan or a follower? Jill, if you'll come on out and uh, we'll pray. God, we thank you for this time. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you, Lord, that we can uh, celebrate this time, God, of the change, changes, God, that you have made in the lives of many. God, we so thank you for Kyle Eidelman, Lord, and uh, Lord, impressing upon his heart, Lord, the, the words to write in the book. Lord, for the video, all, the, all the, the facets of this study, God, we thank you so much, Lord. It's clear to see that your hand was on it. And God, so we thank you for that. We thank you, God, again, for the lives that were changed through this study here at day three. God, it is my hope and prayer that day three will become a church of followers. So much, God, that it revolutionizes this community, that there is change in this community, that people are pointed towards you in this community, community, God, not toward a church, not toward a pastor, but, God, toward Jesus that is our prayer, God. So, God, as we leave here in just a little while, we ask that you bless God and just use us in a great way. Help us, God, to love, love, love. Help us to be an example of your love. Help others to see that. Of course, in Christ's name I pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand and join with us as we sing again. Pastor Lynn and I will be here if you need us listening to sermon audio from day three church if you have any questions about god faith or our church email us at info at day and for more information find us on the web at day